0: Welcome to the Solution-Focused Schools Unlimited Podcast Series. My name is Linda Metcalf, and I'm the author of Counseling Toward Solutions, the first book published in 1995 that took the solution-focused approach into the classroom for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Now in its third edition, you can purchase that book and several others that I've written on Amazon.com. There's a lot of unrest in the world today, and this podcast is going to address the unrest and some successes in some parts of the country where protesters are being confronted with kindness and understanding and cooperation, and as a result, peaceful protests are happening. Those are the protests I'm always interested in because that gives me ideas on what's working for the people that need to use their voices and finally be heard. Gandhi once said, to be the change you want to see in the world. And yet, too often, we do things that leads to reactions that we get very upset with. So to follow what Gandhi's talking about, this podcast will examine ideas and programs across the country for our youth that are making the difference because the people in charge are doing something different. I've been talking about something called the solution focused mindset throughout this podcast series, and I can't think of a better time with the unrest in our world right now to go over that mindset. Because again, it's not a set of questions. Sometimes when I do trainings, I get questions like, well, would the solution focused approach work with depression? Would it work with misbehavior? Would it work with ADHD? And my answer is always, hey, it's not that it won't work, because it's it's, it's a mindset. It's not a set of questions that we have to carve out to deal specifically with ADHD or anger or depression. The solution-focused mindset is a way of looking at people. It's a way of talking with people. It's a way of talking with students. So yes, the answer is yes, the solution-focused mindset can work fairly much with any interaction between two human beings because it's going to ask one of the human beings to be curious, respectful, be able to see beyond a problem and look at the student in front of you. Can you imagine what might be different in our schools today if more educators did that? It might mean that the teacher who's teaching chemistry and has a student who keeps her head down on the desk. Instead of calling out that student to pay attention, the teacher might let her be until after class, walk over and say, hey, could I talk with you for a second? I noticed that you had your head on the desk and I'm, I'm just curious if something's wrong because I'd love to help you. You're an important person in my class. You matter to me. Now at first that student may not respond, Because maybe she's never had that kind of interaction with a teacher before. Maybe this is a student who routinely doesn't work a lot in school. Maybe there are things going on in her life that she doesn't share. But more often than not, it's been my experience that the determined teacher who continues to say, Hey, I'm here. I would love to show you some things we did in class that you missed. If you want to come by early tomorrow, I'd be happy to show you. And she keeps on until she finds a way to connect. She finds a way to cooperate. That's the solution-focused mindset. And that is the reset button that we have at our fingertips by knowing the solution-focused approach that can be used now where it's needed more than ever. One part of the solution-focused mindset is the idea that when you cooperate, resistance lessens. I lived in Fort Worth, Texas, and during this week of protest, a most remarkable thing occurred. Protesters were on a bridge in Fort Worth, and the police were sent out to make sure that violence did not occur. And at one point... The protesters were shouting and trying to make, some, make their words known, and the police, instead of trying to quiet them, took the knee. And as a result, the protesters ran to the police officers, hugged them, did high fives, talked with them, took pictures with them, and then the protest was peaceful, and afterwards people went home. That's what DeShazer meant when he said once, that there's no such thing as a resistant client, only an inflexible therapist. What if we were all more flexible? What if we all attempted each time we saw someone on the street, in a store, in a school that we possibly were biased against? And instead of thinking those things, we thought, who is this person? I've not met them before. If this is maybe a student in school that you see that maybe is walking alone and seems as if he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he goes into a classroom and he's not responding well, those are the students we need to connect with, get to know, let them know they matter. When we do that, We are flexible. We get to see another side of that person, a very important person in our system. And when we do that, we are being the change that Gandhi talked about. No matter what things look like over the next few weeks or months in our country, one thing's for sure using the systemic approach means that anytime we do something different, there will be the beginning of difference. And that difference can lead to hope. And hope is everything. I mentioned early in this podcast that I was going to share some programs that are so impressive, and I've shared a few things with you so far, but one that I really, really am impressed with is called the Promise Program out of Broward County in Florida. In 2013, the Promise Program was started using a solution-focused approach, and it took students who were in trouble, although not violent trouble and gave them a place to go where they could, for 10 days, work with counselors and teachers and begin to see themselves differently from educators who attempted to see them differently and cooperate with their needs. Strengths in the students were found and identified. Students began to feel good about themselves. And the program, since 2013, has seen a 50 percent decrease in expulsions. Imagine, could it be possible? Again, what Gandhi's been saying, be the change. When we change as educators, and we change our approach to even the most challenging of students, we're more successful. Students become more successful. That respect that we're trying so hard to cultivate in our schools happens between human beings who are respectful together. And and no way am I saying that students should not be held up to expectations and follow the rules. Absolutely, they should. In fact, when we lessen rules or we decrease the amount of work we give students for fear that they can't do it, We make them more at risk. According to a friend of mine named Dr. Linda Webb, she is principal of Garza High School in Austin. I agree with her. Too often the students that are oppressed are seen as students that need breaks. I don't think they need breaks. I think they need additional assistance from us to move up to the place where they can reach and then let's help them reach higher. See the potential in every student you have in your class. And if there's a student who's not quite responding the way you think they should be responding, check your bias. Maybe there's a story there. Maybe there's a story you need to learn about from that student. And once the student feels that connection with you, the sky's the limit. I promise you this, that when you return to school in August and you see a student first thing maybe that maybe had given you a challenge last year or your colleagues a challenge last year, instead of thinking, oh no, she came back, I was hoping she'd transfer, you walk over and say hi. I got to meet you last year and I'd love to get to know you and find out how your summer was and tell you how my summer was. And then let's talk about how you want things to go for you this year. I'm interested in helping you have the best year ever. Do you have time to talk? Can you imagine what would happen if not just a counselor did that, but an assistant principal did that? Or a principal did that? Or what if our principals at times came into classes just randomly, sat down in front of a classroom and said, hey guys, I just thought I would stop by and get to know you. It's the beginning of the school year and I'm your principal and I'm not just somebody that people get sent to. I'm actually a a father and uh, I like football and um, my my daughter is um, involved in Taekwondo and I I would just love to get to know what you do. Can you imagine the connection? That's the change we need to see in education. So the message for this week is to be that change, Gandhi talked about, with one person in your life, maybe a person that you're not quite sure where they're coming from, or you're not quite sure what the deal is in the way that they interact with you, but do something different with them. Be that change. Because systems theory tells us when we do something different, it causes a difference in someone else. If you like the ideas on this podcast and you are a school educator, You may feel free to join me at my weekly webinar every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Central. The title of the webinar is The Solution-Focused Connection. And you can find that information on how to register by going to my website, metcalfconsulting.org. I look forward to seeing you there. Please stay safe and show those that you love how important they are to you. May the solution force be with you.